0: True thankfulness is not directed by circumstances, but are directed by God who is sovereign over them. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to you at this hour to ask for your blessing as we turn to your word as we consider giving thanks to you in the midst of the circumstances of life. And I pray, Father, that you might create in our hearts an overflow of gratefulness to you. And we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. On this Sunday before our national observance of Thanksgiving on this coming Thursday, the preacher, who is the author, the one who is speaking in the book of Ecclesiastes, reminds us why we are to give thanks even in a difficult year like we've had in 2020. Now God's word for God's people. Ecclesiastes 7, 13 through 14. Consider the work of God who can make straight what he has made crooked. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. And in the day of adversity, consider... God has made the one as well as the other so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. The word of the Lord is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. It is perfect, reviving the soul. And may God's word, by the power of the Holy Spirit, revive our souls this morning. Scripture teaches us that being thankful is not optional for God's people this is taught in many places in scripture I think of Psalm 95 I think of our call to worship Psalm 100, Ephesians 5:20, Colossians 3 15 and 17 and it's also taught in 1 Thessalonians 5 18 give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you now we may be tempted in light of the difficulty of this year, to insert a little phrase in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, give thanks in all circumstances except in 2020. This has been an unfathomable, sad, difficult, upsetting year many would find it a challenge to come up with things for which to give thanks. 2020 may win the contest for years that you would choose to forget, to write off as being simply terrible outliers, to erase 2020 from the pages of human history. You may remember the movie, Back to the Future. It's fiction. It was released in 1985. And Doc Brown, this mad scientist, uh, took this DeLorean automobile, and I think there was a food processor involved, and he reconfigured this car and and made a plutonium-powered time machine. And you may remember the other main character in the movie was Marty McFly. And Marty McFly accidentally was transported back to the year 1955 as he got into this this time machine. Now in light of what we have experienced in 2020, some have revised Doc Brown's advice to his 17 year old friend Marty, Marty whatever you do don't go back to 2020. The year 2020 however is not an accident. The year 2020 is not an anomaly. It is not a year that we should long to forget. It is not a year that we should write off as a fluke. It is not a year that we would champion erasing from human history. It is a year for God's people to give thanks. And I want to tell you at least one case that is made for God's people giving thanks even in 2020. It comes from Ecclesiastes, the passage that we read, where the preacher has us to consider God who is sovereign, man who is not, and to consider life in light of God's sovereignty and man's limitations. Those are our three points. Consider God, consider man, consider life. And so what follows is a case from Ecclesiastes for giving thanks even in 2020. First we give thanks in all circumstances even in 2020 because God is sovereign over all. One marketing strategy is based on this better than comparison. For those of you who used to shop at Sears when Sears was a place to shop, you you are I love their tools by the way, and there was always the the good, better, and best uh, models that, that you can buy. And this is a marketing strategy. It may be a marketing scheme because the good, better, best come along with a price increase accordingly. And so I was shopping for a leaf blower. And I went and I was standing there looking at the models arrayed there on the shelf. And guess what? Good, better, best. I'm not going to tell you which one I bought because you may want to borrow it. I mean, the good, better, best, the the better than comparison. This is a part of our life. It's very, very prevalent. We also see it here in Ecclesiastes. In fact, if we were to have read Ecclesiastes 7, starting with verse 1 through verse 14, we would have seen several better than patterns as the preacher is giving these proverbial sayings, this is better than that. And our focus today is on the last proverbial saying in, in uh, chapter 7 of Ecclesiastes, where the preacher says, It is better to accept and trust God in the crookedness of life, the crookedness that he has ordained, rather than to try and straighten it out. Something that no man can do. So how does one make sense out of the crookedness in 2020? What would you, what would we like to straighten out so that we might at least make some sense out of what we have experienced in this very sad, difficult, challenging, frustrating year 2020? The preacher in Ecclesiastes makes it clear Don't even ask the question, what can we straighten out? Because he says very clearly, man cannot straighten out what God has made crooked. We cannot straighten out the circumstances to make them conform to our expectations, to make them align with our desires and our hopes and dreams we cannot straighten them out because God has sovereignly designed them to fulfill his plan and his plan includes the ultimate good of his people in verses 11 through 13 we are told the why. is better for the, the wise person it is better for them to consider the works of god To consider that God is sovereign. Now, even in saying consider the work of God, that is a tall order indeed because what the preacher is saying is that consider theology, consider all that God says about himself and about us and about his plan and will in scriptures. We have to admit that we'll never know everything that God knows. That There's a limit there, but what God wants us to know, he has revealed to us either through natural revelation or through special revelation. And so the point I want to make here is that the preacher even saying, consider God, consider his works. That is a tall order. We will never exhaust that. It's it's truly lifelong learning if there's ever been lifelong learning. But I do think the one thing that is clear in Scripture, the one thing with regards to consider the works of God, consider theology, the study of God, that is abundantly clear in the scriptures, that the preacher wants us to know in the context of what he is saying here in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 is this, that God is sovereign. Ephesians 1.11, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Psalm 104, 24, O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Matthew 10, 29, that Jeff alluded to earlier, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more of more value than many sparrows our own confessional standard the shorter catechism question seven what are the decrees of god and the answer the decrees of god or his eternal purpose according to the counsel of his will whereby for his own glory he has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass so in light of what the bible says about god is sovereign in light of this this theological statement that the scriptures make about God's sovereignty, I want to make two observations about a passage we've already read, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all, situ- in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So in light of God's sovereignty, I want to make two observations about this one verse. First, we need to ask, what is meant by will of God in 1 Thessalonians 5.18? And I believe this can be understood in two ways. I believe Paul means that God has commanded us to give thanks. He is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And we are obligated to him to give thanks. We've actually sung about that and we've already heard that this morning from God's word and in prayers. It is part of his preceptive will, his his commands. But also, the will of God, I think, refers to God as sovereign. His will of decree, where he ordains whatsoever comes to pass. So, give thanks in all circumstances for God commands you to give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances because God is absolutely sovereign over every single circumstance and for those two reasons we are to give thanks ecclesiastes tells us that god ordains the straight circumstances those that are pleasant those that make sense to us those that we say yay and amen thank you god i like what you've ordained here and ecclesiastes tells us that god is sovereign over the crooked those those crooked aspects that are mysterious to us that perplex us where we say God why have you done this God if I were in your shoes I would not plan things like this this hurts this isn't fair and we can go on and on and on Ecclesiastes says in light of first Thessalonians 5 18 give thanks in all circumstances for God ordains both prosperity and and adversity. He ordains the straight places that make sense to us. He ordains the crooked places that make no sense at all to us. Give thanks. But there's another way to understand 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And it's not give thanks for the circumstances. Paul says give thanks in all circumstances implying give thanks to God who commands us to give thanks and who is sovereign over all we may wish to forget 2020 like Doc Brown whatever you do Marty don't go back to 2020 we may struggle to come up with reasons to give thanks but I want us to see that's a problem Yeah, we've had lots of problems in 2020, but the bigger problem for God's people is to think giving thanks is for circumstances instead of giving thanks to God who commands us to give thanks and who is sovereign over all. Do you see the distinction? That's a bigger problem in 2020, not giving thanks It is better to give thanks in all circumstances, even when we cannot make sense out of them. For God commands us, and God is sovereign over all. True thankfulness, then, is not dictated by circumstances, but by God who is sovereign over them all. And we also want to look at this aspect of considering man. We give thanks in all circumstances, even in 2020, because God is sovereign, and we are not. We are not sovereign. We are ever so limited in every way, in our thinking, in our abilities, in what we can manage, and what we can change. We're limited. And if there's ever been a year to emphasize how limited man is, it's a year like 2020. By the way, it's incredibly healthy and freeing to finally grasp that God ordains strengths and abilities and weaknesses (laughs) and that I can't do everything, that I am limited, and it's not a function of personality. Ultimately, it's a function of God ordaining whatsoever comes to pass. It is... Important to understand the preacher's use of crookedness here. He's not speaking about moral crookedness. He, now listen, <laughs> there is plenty moral crookedness in our community, in our state, in our world today. But that's not what the preacher is talking about. The preacher is talking about those aspects of God's sovereign will that are incomprehensible to us. That are mysterious to us, that are perplexing to us, that are unfathomable to us. We simply can't understand. They don't make sense to us. And I think the word for 2020 might be inscrutable. This has been a year where not a whole lot has made sense, has it? It's inscrutable. The pandemic is not something any of us would have planned. And so many of the circumstances we have faced are perplexing and are frustrating. The point of the preacher is to show that we cannot make sense out of some of the things that God has ordained. They are mysterious to us. We cannot straighten them such that they line up with our expectations and desires and hopes and dreams. God is sovereign and we are not. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that, he, that are revealed belong to us and to our children that we may all do the words of the law. There's a secret knowledge that only God has and we'll never be able to know that secret knowledge, that secret will. Isaiah 14, 27. For the Lord of hosts has purpose and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? Job 42, 2. I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. We'll refer to Job in just a minute, but he finally got that in chapter 42. Isaiah 40 and verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting. God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is is unsearchable, inscrutable who can straighten what God has made crooked who can alter the plans of God and the answer is no one including you and including me true thankfulness then is not dictated by circumstances but by God who is sovereign over them all and we are not And the third thing that the preacher speaks about in this brief passage of scripture is consider life. We give thanks in all circumstances, even in 2020, because God is sovereign, we are not, and we must consider life today in light of God's sovereignty and man's limitations. The preacher tells us in verse 14 that God has ordained prosperity, that he has... Done those things that create in us joy and celebration. He also teaches that God has ordained adversity in verse 14. Those things that are troubling to us, that are confusing to us, that do not make sense to us and we can't change them. Considering life in light of God's sovereignty and man's limitations means we embrace the biblical truth that God has ordained both prosperity and adversity, straightness and crookedness. And he's done so to accomplish his purposes. Thus the adversity we face, the crookedness that we face, is as much a part of God's plan that includes our ultimate good as the prosperity that he ordains and the straightness that he plans so let's turn to Job uh, Derek will be preaching out of Job at some point Derek I think in the new year maybe or the end of this year and Job questioned God his concern was about crookedness specifically why is there evil In this world. In chapter 38, God comes to Job and answers Job in a most profound way. God comes in a whirlwind, demonstrating God's power, His authority, His presence. And in the midst of Job's questions, in the midst of Job's confusion, and the crookedness where Job found himself, not understanding what God was doing, God reminded Job as he answered Job that indeed he is the all-powerful one, he is the sovereign one, that Job is very, very limited. And in doing, God not only shows Job his power and authority speaking out of that whirlwind, but he shows Job that the authoritative, powerful God is present with him in the confusion and the crookedness of life. And brothers and sisters, if there's anything that we need to be reminded of, anything for which we give thanks, this is surely one of them, that God has been with us in 2020 every step of the way, even if we can't make sense out of what he's done and why we have experienced what we have experienced. Isn't that reason enough to overflow with thanksgiving? to take us to Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk, God, uh, why, why do you let, this is the book of Habakkuk in, in cliff note version. <laughs> Habakkuk asks, God, why, why have you, you let your people get away with doing evil? And then Habakkuk says, God, why do you use a, a people more wicked than your people to punish them? I mean, <laughs> Job was struggling with the crookedness The inscrutability of of life. He couldn't figure out what God was doing. And yet at the end of the prophecy in chapter 3, God brings Habakkuk to the place of singing a hymn of faith. And I would submit to you a hymn of thanksgiving in the midst of the crookedness, in the midst of a difficult year where Habakkuk says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fell, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Crookedness, inscrutability, confusion. Life's not turning out like I want it to be. I can't make any sense out of this. And yet, verse 18, yet, habakkuk says i will rejoice in the lord i will take joy in the god of my salvation god the lord is my strength he makes my feet like the deers he makes me tread on high places habakkuk found many things for which to give thanks even in the year in his day the year of trouble Considering life rightly in light of God's sovereignty and man's limitations enables us to embrace the truth that Jeff read in Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And as we we affirm that scripture, as we embrace that, that truth, as we accept it by faith, Giving thanks should overflow in our hearts. That all of this difficulty that we have experienced, God is going to use for our good. Is that not reason to give thanks? Andrew Murray in 1895, just about every Thanksgiving or every sermon I do on God's sovereignty, I read Andrew Murray's statement because I think it's so good. it it just, why didn't I write it? But I didn't live in 1895. Andrew Murray said this, In time of trouble, say, first he brought me here. It is by his will I am in this straight place in that I will rest. Next, he will keep me here in his love and give me grace in this trial to behave as his child. Then say, he will make the trial a blessing, teaching me lessons he intends me to learn, and working in me the grace he means to bestow. And last, say, I am here by God's appointment in his keeping, under his training, and for his time. And I don't know about you, but that's helpful for me still living in 2020. You know, 2020 has been a difficult year but there have been plenty of difficult years. This is another story I share as often as I can. In 1636, people experienced a very terrible year. It was one of the very bleakest periods of the 30 years war. Many parishes were not only ravaged by the fighting, but disease and economic disaster had resulted in so much suffering and death. A German pastor, Martin Rinkhart, buried... I mean, Henry, this and Derek, this just absolutely blows my mind, but Rinkhart buried 5,000 of his parishioners in a year. Fifteen funerals a day was the average. And in the darkest period of that year, as he was listening to cries outside of his window of suffering and devastation, he sat down to the table to write, to write table grace, a prayer or a song for his children. And I'll just read the first part of it. We'll sing the rest in just a moment. Now, thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices, who wondrous things had done, in whom this world rejoices, who from our mother's womb hath led us on our way with countless gifts of love, and still is ours today. I suggest that Ring Heart serves as a model of 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, about giving thanks in all circumstances. In light of God's sovereignty, ordaining prosperity and adversity, in light of our limitations, and being unable to straighten out that which God has made crooked, not even able to understand it at all sometimes, may we respond like rinkheart. Giving thanks to God in the midst of very, very difficult circumstances. So I want to suggest two ways for us to think about giving thanks, even in 2020. Jeff read Romans 8:37 through 39. I would submit to you that if you're struggling about giving thanks, just read that over and over and over again, and you will find much for which to give thanks. Now, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, even a pandemic will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Is that not reason to overflow with excessive thanksgiving, even in 2020? And then one more scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not evil, to give you a future and a hope is that not reason if these two verses were the only verses we had the only sources we had that would inform us about giving thanks there would be enough more than enough where we would overflow with excessive thanksgiving to God with just these two verses these two passages these truths are reasons enough and there are many more that we can call from the scriptures that lead us to overflow with thanksgiving, even in this difficult year, for our God is sovereign. Our God has a plan. Our God is fulfilling his plan. And as God fulfills his plan, he has promised that nothing is going to separate us from Jesus and his plan for us is for a future and a hope. True thankfulness is not dictated by circumstances but by God who is sovereign over them. Let us pray. God our Father we are humbled by your graciousness and we pray That you would work in our hearts and well up thanksgiving. That it would overflow in abundance. And Father, I was just just reminded recently that we can never be thankful enough. If we just gush forth with all the thanksgiving that we could muster it would still be not enough to match your benevolence and your faithfulness and your goodness and your sovereignty and your, and your love for us and your saving work in us. Make us, O oh Lord, thankful people. In Jesus' name, amen.